Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. The basic things such as make sure you take a shower, make sure you exercise, make sure you eat balanced food, make sure you have enough rest at night. Don't abuse your body. Make sure that when you drive before you change the lane, you look to the right, making sure that the car is not coming. All these basic things that you practice every day in order to live a very victorious and successful life. The Bible also gives us principle that if we follow this principle, and we discipline ourselves to do it. We don't ignore it. All this foundation, our life will be strong and we can be successful and we can do well to help other people. And one of the basic foundation of the Christian walk is the word fellowship. The word fellowship. Fellowship actually is the biblical terminology. We don't use that much in the world system. The world, they have club, they have like a party, going out, have fun together. We go to club to play golf together, to play tennis together. It's more like just having fun together. But the word fellowship is a biblical or Christian terminology, which means to share life, to spend time, to share life together, to have a deeper relationship than just going to a club to play tennis together and go home. And God commands us to fellowship with Him and to fellowship with one another. I like the picture of the cross because the cross has the vertical thing and the horizontal thing. We need to fellowship with God in order to maintain our spiritual energy. I read last night, John chapter 15, Jesus said, if you abide in me, have fellowship with Jesus, and my word abide in you, you shall be fruitful. So we need to have fellowship with God in the vertical level, and we must have fellowship with brothers and sisters. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, 1 John 1, 3 say, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us, with us, horizontal. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Fellowship must be a normal part of the Christian life. We should talk to God every day. We should spend time with God. We should listen to God, be led by God every day. Consult with God. Ask God, what should I do in this situation? Always in communication and fellowship with the Lord every day. Actually, it should be all the time. We should listen to Him all the time in everything we do. Amen? And if we draw that life from heaven that is given us by the Holy Spirit in our life, we're going to be strong and we can be successful and fruitful in life. How many people talk to God every day? Raise your hand up. 
How many of you consult God everything you do? I consult God everything I do. Even when I put the X-ray films up on the box, and I ask God what I should do with this patient. When I perform surgery, I would ask God how I handle this surgery. Tell me what to do. In fact, every single step of my surgery, I am led by God. Every single step, He said, "Do this, do that, do that. Don't do this." Every single step, and the surgery come out successful every time. The patient is doing well, happy, no more pain, no more suffering, and I'm so happy for them because I fellowship with God. God lead me in every single step in my life, and I yield to Him, follow Him, and I want to be led by Him. We need to fellowship. We thank God for the good things that happen. Every time I get a good parking spot, I say thank you, Jesus. I can park close to the door today. Oh, I don't have to walk too far. Uh, every time God is doing something great for us, we thank you, Lord. We, when God is sad, I'm sad with God. God is sometimes sad when people sin against Him. So I'm sad with Him. He is grieved. The Bible uses the word. He is grieved by man's sin. So we are so close to God to become one together. Fellowship is sharing to become one together. Like I and Pastor Da, my wife, we share together to the point that teachers look at my eyes. I know what she think. I know right away she love it or she doesn't like it. We need to have that kind of fellowship with God every single day to be one together, sharing heart. Sharing desire, sharing the struggling and the desire together, always in deep fellowship. But we also need to fellowship in the horizontal level with brother and sister. Do you notice one thing? God tell us to go to church once a week. God said that Sunday is my celebration day, the day that Jesus was raised from the dead. You need to go there to fellowship with your brother and sisters. God want us to meet brother and sister at least once a week. Would be nice twice a week. Actually, in the book of Acts, they meet together every day. We may not do that in our generation because we are busy with work and busy with responsibility. But at least we need to set up a time that we can meet one another and have the fellowship with one another. Like I flew to Arizona this time and fellowship with you. I've, I'm so blessed. I'm. I'm so encouraged by being around godly people in this house. It's so good. It, actually, when I come like this, I'm blessed. Not just you are blessed. I'm blessed by being around you, listening to your sharing, seeing your hunger for God. I am built up too myself. We are building each other up by fellowship with one another. That's how God make human being. We need one another. In verse seven, but if we walk in the light. As he is in the light, as God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. There is one important component of godly fellowship. Let me explain this verse to you. He said that if we walk in the light, we can have fellowship with Him and with one another. Any community. Any relationship that has a mask put on, or has some kind of lack of genuine heart, or lack of sincerity, or any community that come in with 
hidden agenda or sin or destructive attitude, that community will not last, and it will be more harmful than to be a blessing. So that's why the apostle John said, "In the fellowship, we need two things here as a foundation of fellowship. Number one, we must walk in the light. What does it mean, walk in the light? Two years, three years ago, before God showed me the revelation of this scripture, I thought that, oh, walking in the light, which is one of the truth, it means being sincere. I don't come to you with a mask on me, or I don't come to you with kind of hidden agenda that you don't see in darkness, hidden agenda to take advantage of you, to do something for my own benefit. That is not walking in the light. But walking in the light also means this way. It means we all believe me, including myself. I've been a Christian for 36 years, and I've been a pastor for 35 years. I became a pastor one year after I got saved. Even I myself, who walk with God for a long time and as a preacher and study the Bible every day, on the computer, study the Bible all the time, my wife knows about that. I don't know everything in the Bible. I still have the part that I do not know. Actually, if you know me long enough, Pastor Mary may know me long enough, you can notice that every single year, I come up with a new teaching. Something new that I start to learn from God that year, and I produced a teaching to feed the sheep. So 10 years ago, I did not know that truth. I have this much light 10 years ago. But as I walk with God longer, the light has increased. The light, what is the meaning of the light? The light means the revelation of the Holy Spirit concerning any truth of God. When we were young believers, we don't know the Bible. We have little light. We have very little revelation from God. I remember when I first got saved, I have no idea about tithing at all. Until somebody came to me and showed me the scripture, I need to tithe. Okay, I have the light of tithing. Then a few months later, somebody showed me the book of Acts and said, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I read the Bible. Oh, yes, yeah, it's in the Bible. Okay, I see that light. Now I'm going to pursue to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. And many years later, God showed me the light of the file of God. Then I go into the file of God. So each year goes by, we have more lights, more understanding. What the Bible tried to say, if we walk in the light, it means whatever you know, you must make sure that you are not a hypocrite. You are a doer of the word of God. What you know, you do it. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be just hearer of the word. If you know A, you do A. Next year you know B, you do B. Next year you know C, you do C. Every single year, every single month, as you know more of the light of God, you practice it, you get it done. You start to walk in it, in what you know. So if the community, everyone come together, and we all are sincere toward God, we are not a fakey Christians, we are not a just nominal Christian, we are serious about obeying God of what we know. The community will be so sincere, 
and everyone gonna grow up and build each other up. Because somebody know more light, gonna help the younger believer who know less light to grow together toward the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. But if we come here together as just in club to eat, to have fun, to play game. To do all kind of fun things and to borrow money each other to do all the business without the light of God, that community gonna fall apart one day because it's all about selfishness. It's about fun, but the community of God is a community that we are disciples, and when we know the word, we know the light, we practice the light, and that community gonna be strong. Your children gonna be in the same place. I noticed that in America, when I first came to the U.S., I noticed that a lot of my friends who are doctors and nurses backslid completely. They walk away from God. They did not want to go to church any longer. And I asked why. They say when I turned 18, I ran away from church. My mom and my dad forced me to go to church. And later on, after I live here longer, and I begin to observe people's life, I find out that oh, I see. Because people don't practice the word of God, they just go to church for rituals, just traditions. But in the church, there are a lot of problems, fighting, jealousy, and all kinds of problems. So the kids that grow up in the church watch all this hypocrisy in the church. When they turn 18, they say bye bye. I rather go in the world; it's more fun. The church all full of hypocrisy. People learn one thing but don't do it. So that's why a lot of people walk away from God, and they see the hypocrisy in the church. We need to practice the light. Whatever we learn, we do it. Amen. But the Bible did not stop at only walking in the light. He said, "The blood of Jesus, His Son, purify us from all sin." What does it mean? As I mentioned, no one in the church, including me, know everything in the Bible. In other words, frankly, I am still sinning against God. In some way, somehow, the reason I sin against God not because I want to sin against God, but because of my ignorance, because I don't know everything in the Bible, and as as I don't know everything in the Bible, I ignorantly sin, disobey God, without knowing the truth. You see my point? Many many years ago, I did not understand about the grace of God, and I just use my energy to do. God, ministry. I used my own ability. I did not depend on the grace of God at all. So I sinned against God by using my own energy. Until about two or three years ago, I taught the whole series about great grace. Then I repented and said, "Oh wow! All this year I make mistake. I need to learn how to move into the grace of God." Just lately, maybe two months ago, God showed me the word. His mercy. What does it mean, the mercy of God? And when I begin to understand the mercy of God, oh, wow! All these years, I did not understand the word the mercy of God that much, and I did not practice mercy to people, and I didn't understand that I can draw the mercy of God. Now I learn that I sin against God in the issue of God mercy, because I did not understand. Now I understand why God has to put the pastor and the teacher like me in the body of Christ, so that God's people can learn and stop making mistake. 
because we did not know. We are ignorant of the truth of God. God is still merciful. <laughs> Why we are making a lot of mistake because of not knowing the truth, not knowing the light. We were in part of the darkness of life. We are sincere, but we are in darkness because we don't know human being. What we do now, we depend on the blood of Jesus. All the sin that we do, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. Two part here: the light. I know the light, therefore I need to practice the light. The part that I don't know, I'm still in darkness because of my ignorance. God, forgive me. I may not even know I sin today. Only man in the world who never sin is Jesus Christ. I sin, you sin. In those sins, we depend on the washing of the blood of Jesus Christ Amen. to cleanse us from all sin. Therefore, when I fellowship with the family of Elmer, you make mistake, I make mistake. Is that right? We all make mistake. We all human being. I depend on the blood. You depend on the blood. So with this mentality, we all depend on the blood of Jesus to forgive us from all sin. So we don't use the finger to point to each other. Hey, why you do that? Mm, you're not good enough to be my friend. No, we don't condemn each other, because we all have some part that we don't know. We need to be gracious to each other and say, "I understand you don't know that part. I love you anyway. I forgive you. I love you." In the Christian community, the fellowship really depends on that grace of God, the blood of Jesus. We don't point finger to each other to condemn one another because we all know in part. Even Paul, can you imagine? The apostle Paul wrote many books in the Bible: the Book of Corinthians, the Book of Timothy, the Book of First, Second Timothy, Thessalonica. Everything was written by Paul, but he said in one book, "I know in part. I don't know everything. I still make mistake. One day when we go to heaven." We will see everything, but not now. With that understanding, I repented and I don't condemn anybody anymore. I don't point finger because you know that part. You do the best. I know my part. I'm not going to condemn you. We all in the same boat. We depend on the blood of Jesus, so we can love each other. We don't condemn each other. We don't point finger to each other. Now I understand why the apostle John wrote that scripture. He wanted to make sure that the community of believers are the community of love and forgiveness, and depending on the blood of Jesus. Hebrews chapter ten verse twenty-five. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. Now talk about fellowship here, meeting together. But let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. This scripture is so powerful. Number one, the writer of the book of Hebrews say, "Hey, guy, fellowship is so important. You must meet one another on a regular basis." Why did he say that? Believe me. Let me ask this question: Is your life busy? Are you busy? You wake up in the morning. You spend some of you spend in front of the mirror an hour already. <laughs> you you get to shower. 
you blow your hair, you put the makeup on. <laughs> for me, maybe ten uh, minutes, but for some of you, one hour. Put the lipstick on, dental floss, and then you hurry to get to your car, get through the traffic to go to work. Then your boss walk in. This is a project. Oh, okay, and then the phone come in, and you have to answer. When I get into my medical office, I have stack of letter to answer. And bunch of paper to write because people take off from work. I have to fill up their form of getting out from work. I have to go back and look what day they come to see me, what disease, how many weeks they off. Oh, all day long, I have paperwork, phone call, dictate the the medical story of my patient, send to my typist. Oh, nonstop all day long. I come home, then I have to please my wife. She need to. She needs her husband to come in and please her, spend time with her, talk to her. And then my kids, everyone is busy all day long. We are living in a busy schedule society. Is that right? Therefore, if we don't set up a time and make a determination, fellowship is a important part of my life. You will miss it all the time. Other things gonna come in and take away your time from fellowship. That's why we set up Sunday morning. No one can steal that time from me. I'm gonna go to church. We call priority. You must set the priority. Why you put makeup for one hour in the morning before you get out of your house? Maybe I'm a little bit too extreme. Maybe you spend half an hour, but some of you really one hour. Why? Because putting makeup on your face is your priority. You have to do it before you get out of your house. Why you dress? You look for the clothes and put on because it's priority. Fellowship, God say, you must put in your calendar. You don't miss the meeting because if you keep missing the fellowship, your spiritual life gonna go downhill. You will not make it. The devil gonna eat you up. The devil gonna try to get rid of you. That's why Christians who are faithful in the fellowship, going on a regular basis, seem to get stronger and stronger. But Christians who miss church all the time, miss the fellowship, get attacked by the devil, and they are defeated because they don't have enough strength to fight the warfare. That's why the writer of Hebrews say, "Let us not give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing. So when you don't get into fellowship for a while, you get." Into the habit of missing churches, missing care group, but let us encourage one another. Wow, how many people need encouragement? Everyone is that right? We need encouragement. So when you come together, it's a time of encouraging one another. I need encouragement. You need encouragement. Let us build each other up. Let us do something to make a big difference in another person's life. My dear brother and sister, I learned one thing. God did not put us on this planet Earth just to live for me and to me, 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 me. God put us on this planet Earth to be the blessing to other people, to be used by God to build other people up. And if everyone do the same way, you build me up, I build you up, building each other up. The society will be a very strong society. Because everybody come to give, to encourage, to build other people up. Is that right? So we need to come to the fellowship with this attitude. Today, I'm gonna build somebody up. 
I'm gonna encourage somebody with my smile, with my cooking, with my gift, with my service. I'm gonna encourage people. I'm not there just to take. I'm there to give as well. So you can see that we need to come together and say, "I'm gonna encourage you up. You encourage me. I encourage you." And then God is happy. God say, "Wow, your guy doing good." And all the more as you see the day approaching. Why did the writer of Hebrews put that word in? Let me say this. I want to wake you up. How many people can boast that you're gonna live on this earth forever? Forever on this earth. No one. I remember a few years ago when I start to turn 60 years old. When I start to turn 60 years old, you now can tell that I'm more than 60. I and Pastor Da sit down and we just talk for fun. We say that yeah, most people live until 80. I don't expect to live to 80. I expect to live until 120. Genesis chapter 6 verse 3 say, "I give mankind 120 years, and then done. Everybody will die after 120 years." Okay. Anyway. But average people died at 80, and we were sitting down and we're talking. If we live another 20 years, we have only 1,000 weeks left. Each year, 50 weeks. 20 years, 1,000. How many people agree with me that one week has gone by so quickly? You think 1,000 is a lot? No. Quick. And. After a while, oh, I'm 80. Oh, wow! I just turned five years old, but now I'm 80 years old. What I try to say is this: Our life on Earth is relatively short, and the real life of our being is in heaven. We're gonna live in heaven for eternity. That's a real life. This life is the preparation for the next life. I like one preacher say. I like to quote what he say. He say like this: "You are not ready to live until you are ready to die." Really, because you live on this earth only a short period. When the Bible say, "All the more as you see the day approaching," two meanings. The day is a capital D in New King James Version, which means the day that Jesus come back. But some of us may not live until the day Jesus come back. Some of us will die sooner. We have all—all all of us have the number of our days on earth here. Okay, so in other words, we are getting close to the day we're gonna die, or the day Jesus coming back. Every single minute of your life. You are accumulating the material to build your home in heaven, to have rewards in heaven, and when the chapter of your life on earth is over, you die. The minute you die, done. You have no more time to send material to build your estate or mansion. Done deal. I believe that some of you, your mansion will be bigger than mine. Some of you, my mansion and my estate is bigger than yours in heaven. 
It depends on. That's why I like what he said. This preacher, he said, "You are not ready to leave until you are ready to die. We're gonna die anyway, and when the day of death come, done. How you gonna spend? For me, how I gonna spend the next if 140 years, 120 years, 60 more years? How you gonna spend by 50? 50." By 60, how many weeks left? 1,500. No, no. 60. 15,000? 3,000. 3,000 weeks left on earth. How am I going to spend my life in the next 3,000 weeks? That will dictate how I'm going to live in heaven. God is fair. If I'm faithful in fellowship, going to church, encouraging people, doing good things to people, build people up. I am accumulating things in heaven. And when I go to heaven, oh, big estate, big mansion, the design of my house, exact, exactly what I want. And I have one request to God. May Pastor Da house an estate next to me. And also Brother Elmer house an estate next to me too. So we can fellowship. I asked God that all the members of my church, all of their estate next to my estate, we are in the same neighborhood. So I can hang out with my members in the church. Amen. Hallelujah. How many people pray that way? I pray that way. I say, God, I want the estate in heaven of my, close to all of my members. Amen. Hallelujah. So from now on, live your life for eternity. Thank God for the nice car we drive now. Thank God for the good job, for the salary, for the nice house in Arizona and in California. Thank God for all those things, but we cannot take them with us. The, all of these are going to be left behind. We're going to be in heaven for eternity. How are we going to live our life? We need to our life to build other people up, to sow the seed of the blessing, to do something. How can you do that if you sit at home on Sunday watching TV? You cannot. You need to go in and get involved. Encourage people. Wipe somebody's tears. Push the box of the napkin to somebody who is crying. Help them. Amen? Be encouraging to them. That's how we should live. We should fellowship. We should know that the time is coming. We are getting closer to death. Death is not scary for Christians. Death is a changing of the location. I have one brother in my church. His name is Stephen. He's an American man. He just told me two weeks ago, I want to tell you right now, this is my church. I commit to this church. Every Sunday, he would be in the recording room, recording my voice. No one knows him. He's behind the scene. He's set up and he records good voice to send out into all over the world, the teaching. And he said to me, God used me. And he came to me. Pastor, use me. I'm willing to do anything for the church. I'm going to be here every Sunday. I'm going to serve the church. And he told me the story. Many years ago, while he was younger, he's about my age, he said that he was lying on the bed and suddenly he died. For some reason, he did not know why. He saw his spirit came out of his, his spirit came out of his body and his spirit saw 360 degrees the back, everything, and he saw his own body on the bed. Then Jesus came down to pick him up to go to heaven. 
But Jesus asked one question: Are you ready to go to heaven, or you have something else more to do on earth? By that time, he kind of shaken up and say, "No, I haven't done anything. I'm a believer, but have done nothing for God." He said, "Jesus, can I go back to finish my calling?" Can I fulfill the calling in my life? Jesus sent him back, and he woke up from that bed. And after that, he said, "I'm not going to waste my time anymore. I'm going to live my life for the kingdom of God." Now I know what it means to die. I know what it means when I left my physical body and have no more chance to do anything for God. It's done. But thank God, Jesus gave him another chance to come back. So I want to encourage you that let's live for the kingdom. Our life on earth is a short time. Let's fellowship. Let us fellowship with God. Let us walk in the light what we learn. Let us stay away from being a hypocrite, being just a nominal Christian. We need to be real. We need to obey the word. We need to depend on the blood of Jesus. Don't point finger to each other. Don't condemn each other. We all know in part. We all make mistake. Let us love one another. Fellowship. Not miss the meeting every time you go to church or you go to care group. You have this mentality. What can I do to build other people up? And everyone else will do the same thing to you. Let's build each other up. Let us encourage one another because our time is running out from living on earth here. I'm gonna live my life for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe this short sharing will encourage you to really have a new perspective of life on earth here. Let us build the church. And the church will be built on the foundation of the Word, by the help of the Holy Spirit, and on the Christian true fellowship. And I have done that since I started the church in Seattle 28 years ago. And I noticed one thing: we have zero percent backsliding of the kids. All our kids still love God today. They all still go to church. Because they see the reality and the genuineness of the adult in the church, that everybody takes serious about walking with God. No hypocrites in the church, and the kids now serve God. One of the baby that Pastor Da was holding in 1988 now is the youth group leader. Another baby now is playing guitar. We visit that parent in the Swedish hospital, deliver a baby. Stephen, now he play guitar. Another baby play piano in the church. Another baby play drum in the church. We can see that when the fellowship is genuine in the church, when we really practice what the Bible say, we will pass on the legacy to the next generation because they see the real Christianity in that church, not a hypocrite. Amen. So I want to leave this with you. And believe that we're gonna be the people who will build the kingdom, and be fruitful, produce the fruit that will last forever, and go on to, and on and on to the next generation, because we practice what the Bible say. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you so much for reminding us about the vertical fellowship with Father. 
and horizontal fellowship with our brother and sister, Father. We pray, Lord, that this teaching will become so real to us, Lord. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to hear your word. We want to become like an ant that accumulates spiritual food in the summertime. So that one day when the winter time comes, we are able to go through the challenges, the difficulties of life, the attack of the enemy with victory. And we're going to end up and wind up in the right place at the right time in the victory and give glory to the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. Father, help us to have the eternal mentality. Help us, Lord, that we will not just live for life on earth here, but we're going to live our life for the kingdom. And one day, Father, we shall be in our estate, in our mansion, and we're going to have a lot of rewards in heaven. Bless those who listen to this teaching, Lord, through the internet, and help them to wake up and start to live for the kingdom, and they will take the fellowship with you and with their brother and sister in the church in a serious way. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lord bless you, and thank you so much for spending time with me. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. So thirsty.